Stella Rosa MacDonald. They called it the bush. Braidwood is located on a high plateau on the eastern side of the Great Dividing Range in New South Wales. It's cold, and out on the plateau, overcast skies break open to reveal deep, flat plains coloured by granite boulders. In 1896, an observer commented that market gardens, established by Chinese migrants during the gold rush years, were the only pleasant colouring in the whole landscape. Photographs from 1890 show Braidwood as it is today. In 2006, the town and its surrounds were theoretically fixed in time by a heritage listing. The main street is wide, nearly 40 metres, with three metre footpaths on either side. A colonial facsimile printed on the land by town planners who had served in India and reimagined its wide avenues for the streets of New South Wales. My family moved to the area in 1980. My father, who'd grown up as a Presbyterian minister's son in Burke and Sydney, wanted to be back in the landscape. He says landscape, but admits that when he was growing up, they didn't call it that. They called it the bush. Braidwood and its outlying villages were built on the land of the Walbunga people of the Yuan Nation, but we weren't told that growing up. We were told the place came about during the gold rush, when miners came and carved the land for fortune. We were told it was old, but they didn't get the numbers right, not by a long shot. We weren't told what the place was called before the convicts, miners, squatters, administrators, sheep and cattle farmers, artists and writers arrived. We were left to wonder at the quiet groves of eucalypts and the dark silhouettes of the Great Dividing and Budawang Ranges rising at dusk like hands against a lamplight. These things, and the silences, told us someone had known this place before. The first fire started in Talaganda National Park from a suspected lightning strike on Tuesday, November 26, 2019. It travelled east and burnt through 40,000 hectares of national park and state forests before it reached the first house, then our place, and then forked its tongue across land and property to jump the Shoalhaven and spread to within a few kilometres of the town. Our place was saved by a friend from the other side of town who called in a fire truck. The so-called North Black Range fire burnt for 63 days. That same day, another fire began to come east from the coast. It started as the Karawan Fire, but as it burnt for 74 days and spread across 499,621 hectares and various local government areas, it took on new names. The Charlie's Forest Fire, the Clyde Mountain Fire and the Morton Fire. The 2019-20 bushfire season was unlike any other in its scale and devastation. Fires in New South Wales burned for 240 days across seasons and into a new year. In southeast Queensland, rainforests burned for the first time. 306 million tonnes of carbon dioxide were emitted into the atmosphere. Canberra's air quality, tested less than 100 kilometres from Braidwood, was rated the worst in the world. People in cities became viscerally connected to the reality of fire. 
Sydney filled with thick smoke that drove people indoors from November to January, the worst months of the fire season. Smoke from Australia's east coast travelled 12,000 kilometres. The sun, once an abstract threat, burnt in ominous red and orange halos from the east coast of Australia to Auckland, New Zealand and Santiago, Chile. In Braidwood, it disappeared entirely. Geographically, Braidwood sits between ABC Canberra 666 on the western side of the Great Dividing Range and ABC Southeast on the coast. Because of the terrain, some parts of the area don't get any ABC coverage at all. In Braidwood, the community FM radio station, the Barbed Wireless, had only just expanded its transmission range when the North Black Range fire threatened the town. The radio was the only channel fast enough to keep up with the pace of the fires. People had it on 24 hours a day. At Nomchong Electrics on the main street, portable battery-powered radios sold out. The fires became hidden in a veil of smoke, and for many people, the radio was their only way of confirming where exactly they were. Clouds are always double. Seen from outside, they're measurable objects. Seen from within, they are experiential conditions of optical blur and atmospheric obscurity. Running blind, the community fell prey to rumour and panic on social media. Referring to the difficulty of finding reliable information during the fires, one woman said, Don't believe your house is gone until you put your hand in the ashes. In late November 2019, station volunteers Gordon Waters and Rod McClure began to broadcast emergency updates to the community. Through the station's window, in a donga overlooking the golf course, they watched a DC-10 drop fire retardant on the transmission tower at Mount Jilamatong. Without the tower, emergency services including the SES, RFS, police and community radio would have failed. Gordon's family has lived in the area for generations. He knew exactly who lived where and the unlikely pronunciations of local place names like Jimikambeam, Eurodux, Balalaba and Crowari. The size of the fires meant that some teams on the ground were staffed by non-local firefighters with no local geographical knowledge or any idea how to wrap their mouths around the landscape. At the Senate inquest into the 2019-20 bushfire season, Gordon described the information community radio was able to provide as hyperlocal. It was specific to the terrain and was itself used to guide people on the ground. The dozer operators who were building containment lines were listening to us in their dozers to know how far behind them the fire was or how far in front the fire was because we were able to give that local level of knowledge. Likewise, people in the RFS trucks out in the field on the western side of the fire were listening because they wanted to know where the fire was on the eastern side. The level of local information we were able to present was being used by people on the fire ground at the time they were fighting the fire. With little or no emergency broadcasting training, they worked to bridge the gaps between the imaginary jurisdictions of the RFS and well-intentioned misinformation on the ground. They fought the firestorm with a cloud of information. 
They gathered real-time verifiable data from the Rural Fire Service Public Liaison Offices, the Fires Near Me New South Wales app, the RFS Facebook page for the Braidwood Zone, and from listeners calling in. They would leave the studio in shifts, drive out to a fire ground, and then phone in a report. They listened to the roar of the fire and the sound of crashing trees. They felt the wind and traced the fire fronts through the smoke. They didn't know it then, but the two of them would do 14 days of near-continuous emergency coverage of the fires, and two months would pass before a normal routine would return. 2019 was the hottest and driest year on record, and if you knew a place at all, you could tell the weather frequencies had shifted. Speed and scale were hallmarks of the 2019-20 fire season, but fires are acts of violence, fast and slow. The story of the fires began before the lightning strikes, with the shape of the terrain. And then, over time, each idea of place cut the land to fit. We called it terra nullius, and so it was empty. We called it the bush, and so it was untamed. We called it landscape, and so it represented a place. We called it all these things and drew a map to claim it, but we never asked its name. The North Black Range fire was officially extinguished at 12pm on Tuesday, January 28, 2020. The Karawan fire, and its many names, was set out at 8pm on Saturday, February 8, 2020.